Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to TV Party Tonight. I'm your host, the Mandator Reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Rattledge. And tonight, our favorite show is Hellstrom. Brought to you by the good people at Marvel Television, Lone Lemon Entertainment, ABC Signature Studios, and Hulu. This was released on Hulu October 16th, 2020. We're getting around to talking about it today. I am here with the uh, uh, owner of Honeysuckle Rose Creations, Alexis Haina. How do you do, madam? This isn't our favorite show. I'm here under duress. <laughs> yeah, this one. You know, I, I got my wisdom teeth taken out the day that this came out. And I watched it that day. So I'm glad you're here. to, Because I, I feel like some of the stuff I'm going to say about the show is the result of me being you know, in pain and uh, coming off of anesthesia. But if you didn't like it, then I'll then at least some of what I'm saying feels, you know, like verified. Yeah, it's a case like, no, you're you weren't biased because you were in excruciating pain. This still would have sucked even if you were on like, you know, mushrooms. <laughs> All right. So um, Tom Austin and Sidney Lemon respectively stars Damon and Anna Hellstrom, the children of powerful, of a powerful serial killer who hunt the worst of humanity. Elizabeth Marvel, Robert Wisdom from The Wire, by the way, June Carroll, Ariana Guerrera, and Elaine Yu also star. Hellstrom was officially announced with a series order at Hulu of May, in May of 2019, planned as the first series in Marvel's television's Adventure Interfere franchise. Filming took place in Vancouver in October of 2019 until March of 2020. Oversight of the series was moved to Marvel Studios in December when Marvel, December 2019, when Marvel Television folded into that company. So this absolutely comes across as like an, like an obligation to Hulu and to ABC Studios. 
and not not really anything that they plan to build upon or build from. They don't even reference the other things that have been introduced in the Marvel Universe, like, you know, the, uh, I think it's the Necromicon. Um, yeah, this was supposed to tie into Ghost Rider and kind of be a lead into some new dark supernatural style shows. Probably yeah. would have tied in uh, to the future Moon Knight uh I don't actually, I can't remember. Moon Knight's going to be a movie or a series. It's a series. But, okay, thank you. But it's clear that they either didn't care or they decided at the last minute to strike that because I did not catch up on, or I didn't catch a single Marvel reference in any of this. No. Um, all right, so let's just talk about the main characters here. Uh, like we do, sometimes we go episode by episode, sometimes we kind of go by character and reference stuff that happens in the show. Um, yeah, this is the first time we've watched this show. And I think, I think, let me give a general impression here and then you can chime in with yours. Um, this felt like kind of, there's two ways of telling a story. There's like Lucifer, you know, where it's episodic and they kind of go through the same, um, there's a structure to the episode. And there might be an overarching uh, story throughout the season, but each episode is sort of individualized and, like I said, episodic. The other way is you're, you're telling one long story, and every episode is a chapter in that story like a book. Uh, this one fell into the latter category. Um, I don't know if it moved slow or if I just was not real interested in the overall story, but basically... What I got from the show is that uh, Damon and Anna Hellstrom's mother was possessed by a demon and and in an institution. And their father was a serial killer and their father was trying to find his way back to the mortal world. And yeah, I guess their dad's a demon, too. Yeah. Because yeah, because they have they're, they're basically half demons and they have powers. They have a telekinesis and they can summon. I guess it's Hellfire. Now, y- y- did you read the Hellstrom book for source material? Were you part we of? We read. The, we read the. I think it's two thousand six um, five issue limited series. Okay, I am not familiar with the. Uh, these characters from the comics. Although I did laugh when I was doing more research and it's like, Anna's name is actually Satana. Yeah. Which she does not get called at all in this series. So let's go ahead and get your two points here. Was this, were these characters anything like the graphic novel? Well, she's not in it. Number one, Satana is not in the book that I read. Number two, um, He's and Chris and I talked about this. Damon Plug, comes Plug. across. Damon comes across more like Lucifer or Constantine. Um, it was like Marvel's kind of version of that. You know, he's uh, in an antagonistic relationship with his father, who is Satan. Um, and he has, you know, he has the powers to conjure Hellfire. And he wipes out demons pretty quickly. The story in and of itself dealt with dealt with something entirely different. But um, I I saw some degree. Uh, if your question is how close is the character to the combo character, I don't know. This iteration, I could make a case that they were somewhat similar. 
Okay, I mostly ask that because after watching this, this I would not be interested in reading the book if I found out that these characters were like this in the book. Because frankly, I think all Damon does is brood and all Anna does is pout. <laughs> so let's talk about that. Tom Austin plays Damon Hellstrom. He's an ethics professor who hopes to save those close to him from demons. Um, and in flashbacks, he's played by Nolan Hupp uh, as a child. So you didn't like this character. Um, when we first meet him, he recognizes that he's called to deal with possibly a possessed young man. And he figures out pretty quickly that the young man is uh, playing games and he calls him out on it pretty quickly. Um, they pair him up with uh, Ariana Guerrera, who is Gabrielle Rossetti, an agent of the Vatican. And a lot of this show is them two in an antagonistic relationship. You know, he don't, he don't need a partner. And, you know, she's trying to do things by the book and trying to assert herself as a, as an agent. And he doesn't, you know, and there's a lot of back and forth with him. They have no chemistry, by the way. There's like nothing happening with them on screen. They're just kind of nagging at one another. For the record, uh, Gabriella is actually a gender swap. Uh, her character is male in the comics. And I don't think I've ever seen a more useless character than this. The opening scene with them actually makes no sense. I, I did kind of like the idea that he found out pretty easily that this kid was faking it. And he's just like, okay, you're going to go apologize. You're going to wash your room with bleach. Because apparently he's been like throwing fecal matter or something around. Yeah. This kid is horrible. But then he leaves, Damon leaves and tells the parents flat out, your kid's not possessed, he's an asshole. Which reminds me of a few episodes of House where someone they thought someone showed up at at uh, to see the doctor thinking that they or thinking someone that was with them had a rare disease. He's like, no, they're just jerks. But Gabriella does this whole this family needs you. Why are you leaving? And I'm like, no, they don't. He's he's not a psychologist. Why do you think he needs to stay? I didn't get her appeal there. And every time she's on screen for the first few episodes, all she seems to know how to do is look sad or scared and pray. We have the scene where this guy's pinned under a car and he's possessed by a demon. And she is, she's basically saying, you know, we have to try to save his soul. And she's praying like crazy, but she's not doing anything useful. She doesn't do anything remotely useful until I think the second from the last episode when she stabs the one dude with the syringes to escape. Yeah, I... And again, this may be because of the kind of shape I was in, but I feel like I lost sight of her midway through the show. And then she got pregnant, and then she was a hostage, and then she was joined up with the second set of bad guys. Yeah, wow. They could not figure out what they wanted to do with the pregnancy. They're saying it's like they're. I get the feeling that a couple of writers took over at certain points trying to argue a very pro feminist uh, point about because there's a huge speech from one of the demons to Gabrielle about how, you know, how can you stand with the, the church if they won't give you your right to what every woman should have the right to, the right to create life? And then she gives birth knowing full well this child is part demon. She was it was created against her will. 
you know, she did not want to have any part of this pregnancy. And you, but you have a scene with Damon saying, it's like, you should try holding her, you know, give her a chance. I'm like, fuck you. She doesn't have to have be any part of this. Wasn't the baby basically supposed to house the serial killer dead demon? No, it was supposed to house the demon that had been possessing the mother. Oh, okay. A lot of demons in the show. And frankly, it also gets depressing when they establish that evidently it is there is very little chance of exercising demons. In every show in this, with the supernatural I've seen, Lucifer, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, or, you know, the show Supernatural, you can have the demons removed from your body. They establish in this show that they can't. They say, if we remove the demons, the demons are still there. The evil's still there. It's the basic law of matter. It's like, you know, it, the evil cannot be destroyed. So if you're possessed, they this group puts you in a coma for the rest of your life and tells your family you're dead. And I'm sorry, that I don't want to watch something where that's the outcome. It is so depressing. <laughs> you know, it's like, why are we watching these people? This is why are we watching the scenario? This is horrible. Um, anything else about <sighs> he starts Damon's kind of starts off as kind of an asshole, um, type character. They bring his sister along. We'll talk about her shortly. Um, and then about midway through the series, I think he ends up in the institution. And then towards the end, he's like fully committed to trying to stop his father from coming back to uh, coming back to life. I see that actually none of that actually happens. His father does not make an appearance until the very final scene, which you may recognize as the actor who played Rama Khan in the last uh, season of Supergirl that we reviewed. Mm -hmm. Very uh, prolific uh, character actor. I've seen him in so many things. Good guy. He's a very good actor. But yeah, they think it's their father, but it's not. It's like the son of the demon that's possessing their mother. Okay. The, the the like I said, their father actually doesn't really make have anything to do with this story. Doesn't he get world. Doesn't he get possessed at one point by the demon that was possessing the mother? He gets possessed by the demon, the the son of the mother demon. That's that that's that weird okay. looking thing that they insert into his spine. Okay. All right, let's move on. Um, Sydney Lemon as Anna Hellstrom, Damon's sister who runs an auction house. As a cover while hunting people who hurt others. All right. Um, now, Sydney Lemon, I think, is doing her level best with this character. This character spends a lot of time being an asshole. <laughs> and, God, the show was so hard to talk about because, one, it was, for me, it was difficult to follow. Very. Two, like, her arc through the show is she doesn't really want to be there, and she's sort of warm to her brother, but she doesn't really want to be dealing with the family anymore. And, and But she never goes away after that. You know, she makes it perfectly clear that she. I think she tries to talk to the mother. The mother is still possessed. 
Uh, so that doesn't go anywhere for a while. Yeah, the, the backstory is that the kids were split up. Anna was taken by the serial killer father, and she blames her mother for letting that happen. And then Damon got his mother institutionalized because I guess she went a little off the deep end. And then she got possessed. They, I, I swear to God, I, I have no idea where the time correlation is between kids are separated, mother gets committed, mother gets possessed. <laughs> I, I could not find the time. I couldn't figure out the timeline with this. Um, I mean, what did you think of Sydney Lemon uh, as an actress in the show? She pouts. She pouts. <laughs> uh, that's, I felt like that was all she was doing was pouting and just acting like she... Again, the character clearly doesn't want to be there, but it frankly just makes it seem like the actress doesn't want to be there either. So you can do a character who's angry with the position they've been put into, but they still have to have the charm and charisma to make you interested in their story. No one on this show has that. Nothing about this show actually has that. Nothing about the show pulls you in and makes you interested. It, it's very cliche, you know, family, supernatural family drama that we've seen in multiple other shows. And yeah, maybe the, character, the actors are doing their best. It's kind of hard to tell. I know that most of these actors have been in several other things and they've been good in other things. So I don't want to think that they're just bad acting. Maybe they were just given some really bad direction. But nothing about them pulls you in. You I know, thought her inter- I thought her interactions with the coworker from the auction house were pretty good. She she, she seemed were- to have they seem to have a good relationship and she seems to care for him. And that came through. And you know, the scenes where they were together and you know, and he was possessed by the the skull thing. Which, you know, okay, maybe you can do a better job of this than I can. Can you explain the skull thing to me? Not really. I the skull they called it a keeper skull and said that it would keep a demon at bay. Although I, I keep looking at that thing and thinking it looks like a beholder from D D. And I don't know why Yen gets like possessed by it and has it start biting his arm. And then he goes crazy and starts eating rats. And then they use the skull to defeat the demon that's in their mother and i have no clue i didn't even realize until i think a few episodes from the end that apparently uh yen and anna were um uh well not i don't want to say foster siblings but apparently after anna got away from her dad she was put into the, the the foster care system or an orphanage or whatever you want to say it and that's how she knew yen yeah. You know, you get the idea that they're close, but it's not until almost near the end of the series you find out, oh my god, they, they are not just close, they grew up together. And he remember, and he, when they talk about how he always was there for her whenever she was crying from nightmares of all the crap she went through. And part of the other problem is, a lot of these characters have some pretty interesting backstories. Yeah, these two uh, siblings are half-demon, uh, you know, and I think the idea that Anna was raised by a serial killer that she escaped from is very interesting. And you want to know more about them. But again, it doesn't pull you in. 
Um, Elizabeth Marvel plays Victoria Hellstrom, who is the mother of Damon and Anna. And she spends uh, the first third of this um, being possessed by a demon. And then they finally get the demon out of her. Um, And she spends the next two thirds of it running around with Anna um, doing stuff. (laughs) And then she gets possessed again. And then she shows up as in like talking to Gabriella from inside her because she is going to take the form because she's basically the baby that's inside Gabriella. Credits to Elizabeth Marvel for doing a supremely creepy voice that when she, whenever she played the demon, which frankly was very uncomfortable to listen to, and I think that was the point. Yeah, I was going to say, I think as an as an acting job, I think she did a good job. Yeah, you know, I think she, um, I think she portrayed a possessed character really well. I'm just, <laughs> you know, as we've said, you know for the last 20 minutes, the show is a little hard to follow. And some of what, you know, the, the show is a lot of characters talking to each other and then stuff happens and the characters seem to know what's going on, but they don't really make sure the audience is with them. Yeah. Um, we have June Carroll, who is Louise Hastings. She's the head of the, I didn't think she was gonna have such a big part. <laughs> She's the head of the psychiatric hospital, and she's sort of there, you know, she, she, sort of an antagonist at times with Damon and uh, and Anna. You know, she's one of the people they all talk to, um, and she has a relationship with Robert Wisdom, who plays caretaker, um, a guardian of the occult who fights demons. Like, there's bones of a show here. You know that would have been that that could have been really really fun, but it got this got mired in a lot of excess detail that didn't make a tremendous amount of sense. Exactly, you there are parts of this that you want to learn about, but the character, but nothing about it is you know engaging enough to pull you back in to learn more about it. Hastings' character, we know she has cancer, uh, which apparently um, uh, Victoria's demon may have given her. I'm not sure. She says it once, but we're not sure if that was, uh, you know, if she was serious or if that was just trying to bait her into, you know, doing something stupid. And she says that she's picked Gabriella to uh, take over for her. But Gabriella is so inexperienced. She's so young. You know, she's a freaking novice nun. And she and she's so out of loop on everything that's going on. It's like, why would you pick her? She is obviously over her head. Yeah, it was like, well, we have a really small cast, so, you know, <laughs> we have to give this character something to do. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a lot of time spent with Hastings and Caretaker on this show. Uh, I, I, I like Robert Wisdom. I liked him on The Wire. Check he, your bingo cards, folks. He, um, I don't know. What did you think of his character on the show? He played the wise, good mentor. He did mm-hmm. it well, but we don't really know anything about him. Yeah, he's sort of... For a while there, he's playing opposite Anna, 
And then he spends a lot of the show with Hastings. And that's about it. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, we talked a little bit already about uh, Ariana Guer- Guerrera as Gabriella Rossetti. Is there, was there anything else you wanted to say about her? I stand by it. I don't think I've seen a more useless character in a TV show before. Um, all right. Uh, was there anything about any specific episode you wanted to talk about? Not specific episodes, but there is something I really want to discuss. Okay. And that's the overall look of the show. The director decided that this show was going to be going to have the very unsaturated look. Everyone's wearing shades of gray or very dark clothes. <clears throat> there are no bright colors. It takes place in Portland, Oregon, so we get constant overcast. Uh, yeah, I've, I've spent a decent amount of time on the Northwest Coast. I know the further north you go up, the less you're going to see the sun. Uh, and a lot of times we spend at this uh, mental hospital where they take full advantage of that creepy um, medicine-y green lighting that we've seen in so many horror films. And a few episodes in, um, I'm starting to feel very uncomfortable watching the show. And I mean, like, physically uncomfortable And I realized I am getting the same effect from the show that I would get from seasonal affective disorder. Watching the show is essentially the same as staying indoors on for five days of dark, gray, rainy weather. It is dull and it is very depressing and it affects you. You know, and I don't know if that was their the, the, the director's desire to pull you in and make you feel that way but it is unpleasant as hell and I and there were multiple times I'm not going to lie to you Mark there were multiple times watching the show where I just wanted to turn it off go binge green eggs and ham and then call you and say find someone else to watch this crap because <laughs> it legit made me feel sick Huh. Have you ever experienced that with another show before? No. Not that Ah. I can remember. A couple of movies, sure, I can remember watching. But again, that's a two-hour movie. You know, I know that that, like uh, that horrible Max Payne movie with Mark Wahlberg. They went for the same thing. But to do it for ten hours on this show. Oh, my God. And at least every now and then, uh, you know, other shows that do this do break and have a bright color and a flashback or something. This gave us nothing. You do not see the sun once on this show. So we're not the only ones that hated it, by the way. Oh, thank God. In his review, Bell from Comic Book Resources stated, Hellstrom seems to have been completed largely out of contractual obligation, which is what I said. Mm-hmm. Calling it a generic, dull, supernatural drama with a few names that may sound familiar to dedicated comic fans. Alexa, Alexa, stop. Jesus Christ. Well, at least you didn't get Anderson Cooper talking on this week's show. Bell pointed out the pacing issues the series faced, comparing it to Marvel Television's other streaming series that also faced similar issues, and felt the series had a dull color palette. Thank you. As well, Hellstrom doesn't much resemble a superhero story, and aside from an occasional swear word and a bit of blood, 
it could be a mid-level CW supernatural drama about the about photogenic people going after standard issue demons. Yeah, if they wanted to make for, more photogenic, they should have given given Anna a much better haircut. Sorry, I, I hate that super thin, super um, greasy looking bob cut. Because the series was once meant to be part of the planned adventure interfere, Bell concluded Hellstrom is an uninspired middle ground, and it seems likely to end up as nothing more than a footnote in the history of the MCU. If people even remember this is part of the MCU. Yeah. On, in all honesty, like, if they didn't show the Marvel logo, um, you you could pass this off as just, like, another supernatural demon hunter show. And that's the thing. Like, they're not really even hunting demons. You know, they, they stick with the mom for about half of it, and then they're dealing with the dad for the second half of it, or the son of the mother, or whatever the hell it was. Um... It's all like that one story. Like, like, had he been actual? Had this been more of a Lucifer thing where they were actually like, like there were demons running around? And again, the comic book is like this, where um, New Orleans is sort of overrun with demons because of the. Uh, it, it was written in the uh, in the aftermath of Katrina, so the the setting is Katrina's happened. The city is miserable. People are impoverished. You know. Um, lives are wrecked. This is the perfect opportunity for demons to set upon the city. And that's why Damon is there to be a buffer against that. See, like that would have made for an interesting TV show. Yeah. This, this, I, they're, they're not really doing any of that. Half the time, I couldn't even tell if these characters, if certain characters were on the demon side or on the side of the blood that the other antagonists. Yeah. You know, just... Go ahead. <coughs> oh, oh, sorry. Something in my throat there. Now, like I said, there's there's not a lot of positivity to the show. There's a lot of negativity, and it's you just it's very depressing that to see so many characters essentially say, "There's nothing we can do. You're just gonna have to die, and we're gonna deal with this shit." Hmm. And you know, we don't want that. All right, so overall, you know, I uh, I stayed with it, and like I said, I found it a little hard to follow at times, but overall, I think my experience watching it uh, up to, like, the last two episodes, which is a whole other story, um, you know, I was like, okay, I kind of want to see what happens next, but it's a lot of characters just talking. Um, there's not a whole lot that happens in the show itself. They do a couple of episodes of like flashbacks to where you see the mom interacting with the kids and you see what happened to the kids and all of that. And they play on that a bit in the present with the mother. But overall, it's kind of a dull show. And, you know, it, that line about, you know, it feels like it was made largely out of contractual obligation rings very true. I could see why Hulu. You know, Hulu wanted stuff for their Halloween programming. It was supposed to be part of their Huluween programming block. And, you know, as far as a generic supernatural demon show, I mean, it's fine. It it's it fits that bill. Whether or not, you know, clearly the critics didn't like it. It has like a 27% uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. Um. I think uh, I think if people watched it, 
because they were looking for something scary to watch during you know October. You know, I, I, it was a good time filler, but other than that, this was a unremarkable, unmemorable show. I'll give you the last word. There are good supernatural shows out there, and there are good ways to do stories like this. The guys who made this just failed on every conceivable point. And I really hope that the actors who are in it do go on to do better stuff. Because, again, I've seen them in other things. They're not bad actors. Let's just sweep this under the rug and pray to God that the next uh, MCU TV show is not as painful. All right. Um, well, as we mentioned before, myself and Chris Sheehan reviewed Hellstorm, Son of Satan, Equinox earlier in the week. Um, Robert Winfrey and Andrew Graham had an extended four-hour conversation regarding the election. Um, that's in the archives now if you want to check that out. They did a really good job of covering uh, the election and as it was happening. Uh, as of this recording, we still don't know who the president is and probably aren't going to know for a while. Um, next week, Christian's making me read Starman, Sins of the Father, myself, and um, Chris Bailey are going to review AEW Full Gear. Myself and Andrew Graham, in honor of Veterans Day, are going to do our annual Veterans Day show. This year, we're going to review Medal of Honor from Netflix. Uh, we've got some technical difficulties going on with this with Spreaker, so there may or may not be a Metal Hammer of Doom. If there is, we're doing Striper. If there isn't, then you know, that's probably going to be the end of the show until I can get this figured out. But so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, in the meantime, that's what we got going on here on uh, the Rattles and Broadcasting Network. Go ahead and plug your stuff. Well, Honeysuckle Rose Creations, the intersection of geek and chic. The holidays are right around the corner. I know that we just got done with Halloween, but we still got to get prepping for uh, the Black Friday sale coming up at the end of the month. Where we're going to have 20% off everything in both of our stores. That's handmade at Amazon and at Etsy. Furthermore, starting Black Friday, we are going to be doing our month-long charity drive. For every order that we get from either shop, from Etsy or Handmade at Amazon, we will be donating $5 to Children's Mercy. We do that every year. It's a big drive. I'm always looking forward to it. And again, that's going to kick off on Black Friday, and it's going to continue until Christmas Eve. Until then, we're going to be putting in some more products. I'm doing a little research right now on some new designs, trying to get things made. <coughs> oh, excuse me. I swear to God, I'm just choking on my own spit. I'm not actually sick. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're looking forward to that charity. We always have so much fun when we do it. I love you know, being able to give back to the community like that. And as always, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and under duress Twitter. That's Honeysuckle Rose Creations, the intersection of geek and chic. All right. Thank you for joining us here on TV Party Tonight. For Alexis Hanna, I'm Mark Rattledge. Be well, be safe, and behave. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 